0: today. Um, we have a few people that are not well. Uh, we like to pray for them. Uh, Sister Carol is sick, very sick at home and um, she's doing better than what she was but she has been sick a few days and she's not well. Um, but if you're sick and you're coughing, stay home. There was a time when you're sick you come to church for prayer now when you're sick stay home because you can come and spread um, something to the saints that are here and um, so we want to remember sister Carol brother Hammond's entire family is down with the flu and um, we want to remember them in prayer anyone else that is not well or is sister Phillips is she okay um,
1: yeah, but
0: I can't hear. I, you're saying something? They're both sick. Sister Gladys is not well and Michelle and uh, Sister Dolores is not well. And so we want to remember these individuals in prayer uh, before we continue in the service. Um, seeing I'm doing this kind of stuff here today, uh, COVID is uh, viruses uh, once again on the rise Uh, God was good to myself and sister Chandri during the entire uh, period of COVID-19. We never really got sick. And that's because God was merciful and we took the vaccine. Uh, Some people say you take the vaccine you get a mark of the beast. You know, I don't know why people are so um, gullible. Uh, You go on the internet and you read things. Read your Bible. And listen to my messages Amen. you would not be easily deceived listen to the messages read your Bible follow what we do in church and you will not easily be deceived and be led away with con- conspiracy theories uh, that is why God has given us a church uh, God has given us this church so we can preach the Word of God that is relevant for our day if you're excited about reading just what Isaiah says or Jeremiah says or, you know, you ca- caught up in prophecies, but your life is not right, you're wasting time. The most important thing in the eyes of God is not how much you memorize the Bible, is how much you live it. And so we preach a message uh, that uh, saints here should pay attention to. But right now we'll pray for those that are not well and pray that God bless his service today. Father, we give you thanks once again for your goodness. Lord, we understand except you build a house and except you keep the city, we that are working in the ministry would be laboring in vain. And so today we ask that you'll build this house and that you'll keep this city. Lord, this assembly is very important. and Every saint of God in this assembly that is not well today, Father, you know them. We know some names, but Lord, you know every single individual that is not well today. We pray, oh God, that you would please show mercy and send your hand father and touch their lives we pray and give them a spiritual and a physical healing father we ask continue to protect this assembly from the snares of the devil continue to protect this assembly father from this deadly virus that's hitting the world help us we pray father and bless the service we ask in Jesus name amen Amen and amen you may be seated Recently, I had a little chat with our Board of Trustees, and some of the concerns I had shared with them is not is not new to us, those of us that's been around uh, in this church for many years. Uh, we started when we were young, and now we're getting older, and uh, when we look ahead, we see the finish line. But as you age the moment you turn 50 and you're jumping beyond 50 you got to look for the finish line and uh, like that our concerns my concerns that i shared with a, a board of trustees is that you know possibility i'm trying to help us to understand that the possibility of us not being around is there it's very strong and uh, as we age, I might be long—I might live long enough to bury everybody in this assembly. I don't know, but the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hide it himself, and the simple pass on and are punished. And I was telling Brother John and Brother Sam that when Jesus was here, everybody says there was one day when He healed the sick, and He. Fed the multitude with fish and bread. You know, when people get fish and bread, they get excited. But the main focus is not to be eating. The main focus is to be serving God. And when the Pharisees, their righteousness exceed our righteousness, it's time for us to examine our righteousness and see if we can improve on our commitment and dedication to God. The sisters have started a prayer just before church, 15 minutes before church. That is good. And uh, if, that could be con- if that could continue to be a little meeting for prayer, that's wonderful. Uh, when the pandemic started, <clears throat> I believe that God judged the world. I believe the pandemic was God's judgment, not Bill Gates'. Um, uh, putting a virus on the world. I believe it was God's judgment. Righteousness exalted the nation, but sin is a reproach unto any people. And this time that we're living in, this day we're living in, there have been more uh, natural disasters than any other period in the history of mankind. There are more disasters. I'm not talking about the war. I'm talking about disasters in the world. Uh, mankind has become infected with different kinds of sin. I'm listening to the message on, it might have been Wednesday night message, I'm listening to that message over and over. My message is designed to save me. The messages I preach to you is designed to save me. And that is why I go and listen listen to it over again to see if there are things I need to, to learn. In that lesson on Wednesday night, I made a statement that I never heard before that in the Garden of Eden, there was one tree of the knowledge of good and evil and um, man had just one tree to avoid the knowledge of good and evil. In today's world, there are many trees that we have to avoid. I made that statement on Wednesday night and I start to examine myself when I listen to the message. There's a tree of fashion, and I name a few other areas that we have to be careful of. You see, the world will wander after the beast. They would admire the beast. They would admire things in this world. And God, who's supposed to be on the highest pedestal in our life, is not there anymore because your sports star and your fashion designer and the people out there in the commercial world, they have other stars that have grown up and taken the place of God in a lot of the children of God's lives. And you get excited. You come to church and you fall asleep. But you go out there and listen to some, what, something that's going on, some idiot hitting a score, and you get excited. Well, get excited in church sometimes. It would be good because this is here to save your soul. Hollywood has dulled your sensitivities uh, to reality. It, uh, it makes your mind dull that when you hear a war is going on, you don't know. I suggest another war. Uh, I appreciate what Brother Sam said last night. Uh, the war, people are dying. And uh, uh, whether it's uh, uh, atheists, ...or a Hindu, or a Muslim, or a Jew, or any religion. If some mother and father is running with their kids uh, to save their lives in a war, you ought to carry a burden for that child of God. Child of God, you ought to carry a burden for that. But then, we are living here today, and God is speaking once, He speaks twice. I need to write over that scripture. He speaks a thousand times, and people still do not listen. And because I live close to the church, and so what did I get up for? I got up and put a, a dolly in my van at the back because I have pylons that were piled up there. And I can't lift those pylons. Long ago, I could. So I put a dolly to avoid Brother Joe lifting them and um. Put the dolly in the back of my van Drove up here And they were all gone An angel moved them When I came here So then I see brother Joe coming out I said you know The guys that own the pylons move it He said no I knew you were coming early So I did not want you to afford to hurt yourself I moved them And tonight he's Tomorrow he's going to call me and tell me about cramping his legs <laughs> But he moved them so my, my dolly is still in the back of my van. But you see, that's the advantage of living close or the advantage of living far. The advantage of living close is that your heart is in the church. It takes you two minutes. You can drive around. The advantage of living far is that you don't have to worry about that. The pastor can do it. Now you can say, Amen. Or you can say... But that's the truth. The advantage of living close is there. So I I charged my uh, blower and I came and I blow the entire parking lot. And uh, the parking lot was done by a professional person that we hired to get it done. Um, And so when you see that parking lot this year, Brother Singh didn't do it, and he's not going to do it again forever. And so we had somebody um, did the parking lot, and he reduced $100 from his original fee to give us a break because we are a church. Isn't that something? We did it for 20 years and nobody ever come and says, good job, pastor. But the moment you make one slip, huh? You all got to mess it up there. See, some people are like scavengers. All they see is dead flesh. But a lark sees the, the beauty of the landscape. He doesn't see the river crooked. He admires that river flowing and the trees and the banks and he sees the daffodils and the birds and everything. That's what a lark sees and he soars up there. But a vulture goes up and she dead flesh. Are you a vulture? My gospel, this is my gospel. I'm here to knock on our door. You understand what I'm saying? I'm here to knock on our door. And so, when we think about whatever is happening, we're having a pandemic seem- seemingly starting up again. And Sister Chanry told me of her own accord, she says, I will wear a mask every time I go in public. And I told her, that's perfectly um, okay with me. If I'm going into a crowded store or anything like that, I'll wear a mask also, so that you don't get sick. And so, if uh, COVID starts to rise again, um, then we have to um, understand how to protect ourselves. Now, during the past pandemic, during the pandemic, one of the things we improved on, you know, as Gospel Assembly Church, we never really pray before church. We never really pray after church. We just say, praise the Lord, and then the band, That's how we have. We never pray and start a service. We never pray and finish a service. Uh, Once in a while, we'll do a little doxology and finish off and tell everybody, stand and let's close in prayer. But most of the time, we never start. But COVID did us that favor. Now we start and ask God to help us during that service. And so that is important. We have done that. And... um, We have learned when we go to the grocery store to to wash our vegetables and wash our fruits that we bring home. We have learned that during the pandemic. We have developed extra caution during the pandemic, and that is all around. One of the things that the pandemic has done during the pandemic, uh, when we streamed this message, we have got quite an audience around the world that follow us online. We have quite an audience, and some people respond. Some people would respond to the Word of God that we we share on on the Internet. Uh, Some people uh, would be without without, uh, any spiritual perk if they don't follow what we do. There are people around the world, all around the world. Uh, Let me find out, Brother Joe, how much people actually Uh, We have, like, listening to, following on Spotify.
1: 158
0: regular followers on Spotify. And And then, there's quite a variety. Now, when people follow you on Facebook, it's not discipleship. It's, you know, people that are there. But there are people that are very excited about the message we preach. The world is very excited, and because of the pandemic, we are able to stream these messages. As a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, right now, I'm talking to you, but the, the little group with Brother Sam, and they would be following if they, this is what they're doing. Rochester would be following today, right, uh, Karina? Today, normally, they would be following. But every Sunday, I, if I am correct, uh, the Vasai brother Sam's group would be meeting and it's about Sunday afternoon, late in the afternoon when we have morning service. They'll meet together as a church and sit down, put a computer screen on and they follow the service as we go. We, we sing, they sing. We worship God, they worship God. Uh, we pray, they pray. Uh, they, I preach, they listen and they follow with their Bibles. And that is wonderful. So we have been able to reach out to individuals. These are the good things about the pandemic. The pandemic has made me stronger. What has it done for you? The pandemic has made me more... uh, What should I say? More persistent and determined to serve God than before the pandemic. It has strengthened my desire to serve God and to be faithful. It did not hurt me, it helped me. And yet at the same time, the pandemic seemed to have done some things uh, locally. Now in your Bible, turn with me. We've got, I thought Buddha Sam did a good job uh, with a line of scriptures and watering the message and uh, all of that last night, and I thought that was good. Uh, here in, in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, Paul writes, I believe Paul is the author of the book of Hebrews. He wrote a uh, uh, complete challenge in chapter 11. He tells you what it is to have faith. You know, here in the charismatic world, somebody says, you must have faith and you'll move mountains. You know jesus said that if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed i had in my bible one time a, a mustard seed in a plastic i've got to go find that again a mustard seed in a plastic and i showed you how small a mustard seed is and if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed you would say to a mountain be thou removed and cast into yonder sea and The mountain is gone into the sea. Is anybody here with a faith as big as a mustard seed and you can move a mountain? Well, don't worry, move a mountain. I can put my phone here and ask you to just move it from there to here by faith. Can you do it? Can you do it? No, No, you ain't got faith. Your faith is smaller than a mustard seed. And so when we think about faith, chapter 11 of Hebrews talks about faith. It's not these big blabber mouths on television that tell you all kinds of fancy things and then they die with a disease that takes their life away. I'm not just picking on individuals. I'm just telling you the misinterpretation of faith. I wrote an, I wrote an article not to move mountains, faith, not to do miracles. Uh, Faith not to cross Red Seas, but faith to endure your Christian life right down to the end. And this is something that we need to think about because it's not, it's one thing to start the race. It's another thing to finish the race. A lot of people get excited and they come and say, I love this church and you know, blah, blah, blah. And, but guess what? There are two sides to this assembly. Two sides to my preaching. One, I remember there was a sister. Uh, She was an African sister, very nice, beautiful lady that came on in. And when I was uh, finished preaching one day, she came to me and she says, Brother Singh, she said, me and my friends were talking about this subject you dealt with today. And my God, like God, touched your mind. And then one day she got up in service and she was sitting in that section over there. And she said, Brother Singh... I want you to know that you are preaching messages that's really, really making me happy and and I'm so excited about it. She went on, she gave a testimony. And I stood back and when when she was seated, I said, well, you're a baby in the Lord. And you know, when you're a baby, you don't have to change your own pampers. Your parents do it. You don't have to worry about food because you don't need to go out and work. You get the bottle uh, put in your mouth all the time. I said, you get nice treats. And as you grow up, you get uh, the butterscotch put in in your mouth and you know, you're happy. I said, well, what God is doing, he is blessing you with all these beautiful things right now to make you strong. But one day, you got to see the doctor and that's the pastor. And then when he puts a microscope or a stethoscope spiritually on your life You might find out that you got things in there that needs to be taken out And enjoy the blessings right now, but there might come a time When your pastor preach a message that reaches on into your life and pull that sin out of it And if you love the sin, you would say don't don't pull Lord I surrender all except this one Now my job is to save you. If your doctor examines you and you know you got a cancer and you want to change your doctor, so you go to a new oncologist, right? And you visit the doctor and she's, the doctor says, well, it's not really a bad cancer, it's a good cancer. Don't go back to that doctor. Find another one that will call a cancer a cancer and see the dangers that it will pose to your life. And find someone that can save you, operate on you, get you to submit yourself and remove that element and be able to recover you from a process that you're dying with. That's a doctor. And the church is like a spiritual hospital and the preachers or the pastor that's in that church is here to save you. And the messages I preach is designed to save you if you incorporate the message in your life. And so when you read Hebrews 11 chapter, it talks about faith. And it goes down the line. And some remarkable characters are in this book. Think about Moses. I love Moses in this book. Uh, In this chapter, it says, Moses, it says, Moses, when he was come to years, when he was ready, He did three things. He refused an opportunity that most of us will grab a hold of. See, one of the things that I told you some of the good things the pandemic has done. Well, some of the things that the pandemic has done that's not so good is if you did not really like church and you don't know how to stop, come. The pandemic give you the opportunity to backslide. So, when no one was allowed, praise God, I can be home. And then you don't come back to church because you're backslidden. And when you're seeing the service on the internet or on television or whatever you're seeing it on, you're missing being present in the sanctuary. That's what Brother Sam said last night. Isn't that right? It's more when you're there. God is not, you know, you don't use God as, um, you don't focus on God Uh, what should I say? Visual audio uh, communication You don't use audio to communicate, you gotta come to church It's a whole lot different when you sit in church physically Because you can feel the spirit of the service Uh, and, and that is important And Moses, he did a few things He had the opportunity to be a prince in Egypt. He refused it. What would you do if you had an opportunity, promotion on the job that you start run the whole company? Well, nothing is wrong with that. Nothing is wrong in taking over the whole company. Providing it does not infringe on your dedication to church. If you become the president of the company and it affects your life with serving God, then you need to make some choices. You see, good and evil are set before us and how we choose will determine the future. Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And he made a choice, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. Man, you got to be silly. You got to be not smart. You gotta be some man lost your mind or something You're choosing to suffer and refuse to become a prince? Yes, he did I take my hat out to that man The people that lived in that time, I think he is a loser I think he is a winner Refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God Than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short while he says, esteeming the reproach of Christ. When somebody says, you're a Christian. You know, some people don't follow me online because they don't want people to know they're Christians. That's what somebody told me. I can't identify myself with you because it would affect my work relationship. Then your work relationship is obnoxious. When I went to work... A Little bit on the secular job out there. First thing I let them know, I'm a Christian. I am a Christian, yes, sir. I don't miss church because of work. So, if you want me to miss church because you give me a few hours extra, you can keep the job. That's what I told them. See, the way they have church in this city is a joke. We must serve God like Moses did why did Moses do all of this because he had greater his respect unto the recompense of the reward he had a goal in mind he wanted to be able to lead God's people out of uh, captivity into the promised land and because he had a goal he had to give up the position as a prince He had to make up his mind that I'm going to be willing to suffer with his people through the wilderness for how many years God wants. And he must come to the place that I'm doing this all because I'm suffering for Christ. Uh, They will reproach me because I'm a child of God. You bless, God will bless. You curse me, you try to undermine my influence, God will undermine you. Listen, he builds the church and we would labor in vain to build it. And so coming down here to the 12th chapter of Hebrews, there are things that the Lord is saying here, and he continues on to say. And towards the last part of the book of Hebrews, Paul is writing here, He says, um, uh, this church, we have come, verse 22, we have come to Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. He said, this is what the church is about. It's a heavenly Jerusalem. And what happens here? He says, company of angels. You know, I sit uh, in service on Wednesday night and I wondered, I sat there and I wondered how many angels are in church tonight. Because I believe. I believe I encountered angels every day of my life. Yes, sir. And there's some... An angel wouldn't smoke and ask me for money. I know that. But an angel ever so often would... Come in a person that you never see again... And give you some advice or say something to you... To perk your spirit up. And I believe that. I believe God has angels. And I sat there Wednesday the night... And I wonder how many angels were in church tonight. And I pray someday that God, you would please touch my eyes so I can see how many are with us here tonight. Mm. I never regret coming to church during the pandemic when there was only five of us, never regret. When there was five people in this church, I preached like if there was 500. I have never lost my zeal and enthusiasm because of circumstances. There might come a time when circumstance might might present itself that allow me to uh, miss the service for a reason. But when I come into church, I honestly with all my heart believe God is there. And that is why I'm particular about how we behave and conduct ourselves because I believe angels are in the service. I believe that when we're here, we want to make sure that we're not accommodating the flesh, even when the man plays. And uh, we're, we're here to please God. Yes, you see, and, and so when I come to church early, it's a, it's a habit that I've got. I did that for the ungodly work that I worked with much more for God. I do not give God polluted bread for a sacrifice. I don't give him lame animals and the blind animals to sacrifice. When I give God a praise and honor, it's honestly from my heart, in spite of how I feel. And so, Brother Joe, I thank you for moving the pylons this morning, but I came to capture that without hurting myself. God is good. And this church is to bring us into maturity and perfection. The spirits of just... This is heavenly Jerusalem. Uh, this is where angels come. I honestly believe angels come in every service. It says, you're, And now you're come to Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Now, if I believe the word of God, I'll come, I'd say that the church has an innumerable company of angels present there in the church. Uh, to the general assembly, I like how they call that, make it look great, right? The general assembly, not of the government, church. The general assembly of the ch- and church of the firstborn, that is, the church is to be able to produce, give you a message that will make you qualify after a while for the bride of Christ. Not second, the bride of Christ. The messages we preach. If incooperated in our lives, would qualify us to be resurrected and be a part of the Bride of Christ, in whose mouth is found no guile. They are without fault before the throne of God. They are faultless. They're not contaminated with a a spiritual fornication of the age. They're virgins before God. They're overcomers. Church of the firstborn means that if God is working in the church, the message in that church is to bring us to the place of maturity and perfection. The general assembly, church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to the judge, God the judge of all. Isn't this wonderful? And to the spirits of just not only men, but people, just men and women made perfect. That is, you can sit here and God can change your spirit if you're willing to be changed. Don't have a subtle agenda. Don't have a, uh, a secret agenda. Don't have an ulterior motive while you're in charge. Be in charge to get saved. And when you're here in church to get saved, you're not here to pamper me. And yet, I would like when you come over and tell me... But that was a good message It really has touched my life And changed me We cannot take The word of God for granted We must come to a place Learn to appreciate something That somebody give you Somebody give you something You don't like fried rice With shrimp inside and somebody give you Tell them thank you It's lovely. The thought behind it, they meant good. And they're giving you, say thank you. Learn to appreciate people. We are learning the hard way, Brother Gregory. Learn to appreciate when people give you something. It's a heart of gratitude. Don't make them feel bad. If you get rashes when you eat shrimp and they give you shrimp fried rice, take it and then send it to me. You understand what I'm saying? But learn to say thank you and appreciate God. That's why we're here in church. And if we are still, God reads our hearts. And when we stand up to praise God, we're telling him, thank you, I'm alive. First thing I say in the morning, God, I'm thank you that this new day finds finds me alive. Aches and pains, Lord, but you know, I'm alive. Hmm. And the fact that you can breathe is a wonderful thing. And so... If Paul goes on here, he says, to the place where spirits of just men are made perfect. And he comes down here, he says, <clears throat> and see verse 25, see that you refuse not him that speaketh, God speaks. And if they escape not who refused him uh, that spake in the earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn. Away from him that speaketh from heaven. In other words, when God is speaking to us in the church or through a message or ever, don't turn away from it. Learn to open your heart and understand that when a message is going forward, God is speaking. Uh, that's only where the saints speaking, but John speaking. No, no, no. God speaks through the ministry. Right? And And if the word of God is going, be careful now that you don't refuse that And then he goes here and he says Whose voice in the past, God's voice, then shook the earth And now he that promised, saying once more Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven And this word, yet once more Signified the removing of those things which are shaken As of the things that are made That those things which cannot be shaken may remain. And so when I'm thinking of the word of God during this period of time. And I'm thinking of God sending a pandemic to speak to people. How many people really heard his voice? Some people have improved their dedication and commitment to God as a result of the pandemic. Some people... Have backslidden completely and don't even want to come to church. Never treat God worse than you treat your boss. See this sanctuary that you come on in? And you're here all the time. We're here a long time before some of you ever ever even accepted Jesus. We're here a long time. And God has been good because when you hear the word of God going forth from here... Hearken unto his voice. Because ever so often God will shake the world. world. COVID-19 was God shaking the world. But he did not only shake the world and took millions of lives. He shook the churches. And when he's shaking the church, we should not respond like the people in the world are responding. We're to do our best to protect ourselves. But we should understand if God is shaking Am I becoming stronger after the shaking? Am I easily removed? Am I fickle or am I strong? Circumstances, negative circumstances, should not make you weaker or fickle. They should make you stronger in God. And that is what the pandemic did for me. The pandemic did not shake me out And you know what Even if I had COVID I will respond To treat people that have the the problem later on With more empathy and sympathy I will do my best to protect the church And as we move ahead We will do our best If it depends on what's going on out there If I feel like it's becoming uh, virus again, like the pandemic is starting up, like this COVID 19 or whatever de- uh, bacteria is up there increasing. Then it is our responsibility to protect the church. It means we will come to the place where we sterilize the building again. When individuals, you see, since COVID started, we put these things in a plastic. I buy plastic. So if I'm talking. And my saliva goes on it. If I have COVID, uh, when it's done, we open this bag and we pull a recording thing out and put it aside. And it's how we ought to be. And then Sister Pam, she comes and I thank you, Sister Pam, for being faithful. In spite of how you're not feeling well a lot of the times, you still come early and you make that sacrifice. You and Brother Sinbad, and she comes and she sterilized. You sterilize or just clean? Sterilize. Uh, She sterilized. Uh, We try to sterilize as much as possible. And uh, want to make sure that we do the right thing. Negative circumstances should make you stronger in God. Alright. But you can only become strong if the word preach is is incorporated in your life and you start to live it. And that is why... I listen to my own messages because it is designed to save me. Is it saving you? I have letters from individuals around the world that tells me how the message is saving them. As a matter of fact Ever so often I get a sister uh, One of those sisters from India Or somewhere else Would call or see a brother online Put some remarkable things And says you know what Your message is not easy But I'm thankful to God That you preach the way you preach And you give us the message Because it is changing our lives It would be sad If people overseas are changed And the ones here are not changed And so, there are advantages in serving God. There are advantages in living close to church. I know you don't know, so you wouldn't say amen. Amen. I live close to church. There's advantages in living close to church. Amen. 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 Um, Sister, ever so often, Sister Cindy would come across to our house... And you call us in advance as I'm coming over. Put on some good Christian clothes. be something if you come and see me one day. You knock on the door. And I open up and there I am with Bermuda shorts. (laughs) Muscle shirt and Bermuda shorts. Just close your eyes and run away. Now. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Negatives. Make me stronger And they're designed to make you stronger If you can utilize it correctly So I appreciate what brother Sam said last night Just five minutes more of your time I'm going back into Deuteronomy And in Deuteronomy it uh, The scripture in Deuteronomy says tell it again And in chapter 6 the Lord talks to the families And how you need to teach your children how to serve God in chapter 6 it goes down the whole thing and it tells you how to serve God and the Lord says and when and the Lord said verse 10 Deuteronomy 6 and it shall and and the Lord thy, and when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he swear unto your fathers to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob to have to give thee great and goodly cities, which thou buildest not, and houses full of goods, which thou fillest not. God is blessing you. It's a sad thing when God is blessing you, you think you're blessing yourself. Well, my ex- but here is what it says. Beware, verse 12, lest you forget that it was the Lord that brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. In chapter 7 he goes on and tells them that there there are all kinds of hights in the land for chapter 7 He says, and when you come in verse 1, it says that names some some individuals living in the land, Hittites and Gergesites and Amorites and Canaanites and Perizzites and Hivites and Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee and thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them Nor show mercy unto them Neither shalt thou make marriages unto them for thy With thy daughter Nor shalt thou give thy son unto them uh, Why is this so? Because they will turn for 6 They will turn thy son Away from following me In other words One of the things God is telling Israel Is sanctification from the ungodly element If you're Spouse is not with you in charge You be strong That sanctification is on that life But they don't turn your heart away from God Very, very strong And the Lord, he says, um, he goes on here He says, why? Verse 6, chapter 7, verse 6 For thou art a holy people unto the Lord Thy God and the Lord thy God has chosen thee To be a special people uh, unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Now listen to me carefully. I'm closing. God told Israel, you're a special people. I've chosen you. I'm not talking about the present day Israel. That's a different story altogether. Let God and Israel work that out, right? But verse 7 says, The Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people. But you were the fewest of all people. And I want to talk to this church And I want to tell you That we are here today And the reason why I come and preach To this church Is because I believe God deals with this church In a special way Amen. A part of is saying What are you saying Won't you go to any other church No But Sam and I tried that Remember the story We tried that and it didn't work And the people don't really want me to go back Because I'm not here to play games But Sam was with me Remember that story When I'm in the church And somebody come lay hands on my head I was just nice I closed my eyes Whether it's a Muslim or a Hindu temple or whatever I closed my eyes anyways Have respect unto the people And then the next thing I know somebody's laying hands on me they're speaking in tongues. <laughs> Why didn't they choose you? But <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like because he was tall, he man lay hands on me, and he's speaking away in tongues. And I opened my eyes and looked at him, and I grabbed his hand and pulled it down again. Right this, and I looked square in his eyes. I said, "Don't you ever do that again," and the tongues shall cease. And he went back. All the flesh. And you come with your demons and lay hands on me. I don't accept that. And so we come to the place. This church is special. Not because we're the biggest church. But because this church is special. Don't take this church for granted. Do not take this church or the ministry here for granted. We're saying, do you feel you're special? Yes I do Did that stop me Blowing the leaves off the parking lot No But I feel I'm special I feel my job is more important Than anybody else's job in the city Well why you got a few people here That's God's business I feel God has called me And that is why when I stand up I have inspiration that touches my mind And I speak to you and if it was not for time, I'll speak to you until you get, can't even move. But I'm glad there is time limit. And so we want to thank God for this service today. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Another day we spent in your house. Lord, thank you for choosing us. Not because we are great or we are powerful or we are a, a wonderful bunch of people or a large number. But because you have loved us and put your love upon us. Help us to be that holy people that can serve you faithfully even unto the end. Help us in the midst of negative situations to rise our head and to look unto you, Lord, from whence cometh our help. Bless this message today in our hearts, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.